Yeah, sure, we'll do that. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, welcome to our podcast. Um, the name of it is Detail Every Day. Uh, I'm Lewis. I'm here with Josh. Hello, everyone. Um, we both have our own detailing companies. Uh, we've become friends quite recently. Yeah, we did. Um, helping each other out sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we just thought that we have so many conversations where we're talking for literally hours and hours that we thought, might as well put a microphone on, put yeah. Put a microphone, correct podcast. So that's it. I mean, podcast essentially is just people talking, having a conversation, discussing different topics. So we thought we'd give it a go. Mm. So... Yeah, um, we're just going to, basically what our aim is for this is just to sort of cover the sort of general, sort of I suppose, what's going on in the detail. Yeah, world. What, what, what we do, what others do, we try and speak to other detailers, maybe in the UK because we are UK based. So really it's just kind of everything to do with detailing, but then it's also everything associated with detailing as well. So it's not just, oh, I can polish a car and this is what it is. And all the techniques back and forth. It will be a bit of that, but it's a bit of everything, really, yeah. isn't it? So it's cars in general. Yeah, exactly. What we think about cars, companies, materials, everything, really. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, so this podcast, we're just going to sort of introduce ourselves and sort of sort of go back to how we sort of got into detailing, where we started. What we're doing now, sort of what our future plans are, so you guys can sort of, I suppose, get to know us and know mm. like our background and sort of who you're listening to. So, Josh, do you want to go first? Oh, I can do, yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, this, this is the thing. So, we both kind of met through detailing. We've got friends who are also in companies and we kind of associate tips and tricks and just got to know each other. Luckily, I'm based in Peterborough in the UK. Lewis is based in Cambridge, so it's about half an hour, 45 minutes away from each other. So we ended up seeing each other quite often um, and essentially just kind of bounce ideas off each other, test new things. Uh, and that's how we kind of came about talking and kind of communicating with each other, really, being that close. Because a lot of people we kind of associate with are so far away. Like a lot of our close friends are about two and a half hours, three hours away. So it's not like you can just go down, lend a hand. And things like that, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Exactly. So, where, how did you, sort of, where did it all start, like, detailing-wise? Um, really, I think from, like, I was never really into cars, which sounds stupid. So... Yeah, that I mean, is, like, it is, quite it, not it, the norm. Like, it is not the norm at all. I mean, I'm, I'm 24 now. I got into cars when I passed my test, literally, so... When I was younger, you saw all the Fast and Furious films, and yeah, you liked them and stuff like that, but it was never kind of like I wanted just to get behind the wheel and start modifying a car and things like that and all that. It was more, I passed my test, got like a runaround, which was awful, to be honest. What was it? It was a horrible Suzuki Swift. Oh. 2006, 2006 Suzuki Swift, right? Sport, so 1.3. With like 95 brake, which was nippy little car to be honest. It was honestly a nippy car for a 17 year old, nippy little car. But then I met a friend who I still got friends with now, and he was really into the whole modified car scene. And then I got into Audis and Volkswagens and, and that sort of stuff. But the thing was, I never grew up with it, so it wasn't really a passion for my youth. It was more as soon as I got into cars, as soon as I got into driving, I would go to car shows, go to car meets, and I'd look at people's cars and like, how the hell their car is so clean. 
especially at car shows where people are obviously pushing for the best they can, their cars were like immaculate. And then you would essentially go home, be like a little weekend warrior, do your research and kind of try different things on your own vehicle. And then it just kind of came from there. And it was just one day that I kind of came around. It was just like, I'd rather be outside balloting details in the car than stuck in an office working nine to five and all that kind of stuff. And that's pretty much how it came about. That was, that was my story, theoretically. That's a breakdown of it. But yeah. What about you? What about Lewis? Where did LD detailing come from? Well, um, I, I think like, I can relate to you when you said you don't, didn't get into cars until you could actually drive. Because mm. at the end of the day, like, until, like you, until you can drive, you don't really have like... You don't have access to you it. You don't have the full experience, yeah. really. Like, I always see like, these kids that are like, flipping, like, like, actually in motorsport. Like oh they, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah, go karting, yeah. and then they actually are in cars. Like, who's that? Do you see that drifter? He's like, yeah, it's like, like a twelve-year-old drifter. He's like, it? yeah, twelve, and he had like fourteen e- years. I don't know. Well, like like how? E- how does like he get a, into that? An E thirty-six, like M three, was like, a, like, a, I don't know, like a seventy grand build or something like yeah. that. It's like but how? How? He was did like he twelve years old, but he must be associated with like parents, must yeah, be in yeah, it, yeah. like friends, uh, friends and family in it. But from it's almost for us in the, in the normal world, I would say. We don't really come across it that often. Yeah, you, if you've got older friends or your older brother or some things in the car scene and they wanted to go to shows and stuff like that, then you might be able to tag along. But it was almost like you couldn't do anything until you were 17, 18 anyway. Also, it's expensive. Yeah, it's true. Anything. I, I remember back in the day, like when I was, I looked on like Time Hop on your phone. Yeah. That goes back through like years of yeah. Instagram and stuff. And I was a post I put up there back like, I don't know, five, six years ago where I was moaning about like spending 40 quid on cleaning materials. <laughs> and I'm like nowadays it's like 40 quid's nothing because of how much expensive it is to do and like when you could in one go oh easily when you do it when you do it for a business as well I mean it's, it's people don't realise how much you can spend yeah, and uh, yeah but no car, cars in general became a big part for me but it I never grew up with it I mean my old man had like a lot of classics yeah and um, he still got classics this day, but it wasn't so much like you weren't around it. Like not every day really, no. Nah. I mean, my older brother, what he's he's had, he's in the hundreds now of cars, yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. But he used to just buy rubbish, and then it'd break three weeks later and buy another piece of rubbish. Yeah, I think I think that is most cases with people. I mean, going back to my sort of beginning, I mean, like a lot of people, probably most people in my generation, obviously the Fast and the Furious films were just. Yeah. The star of and just the spark. The spark of everything. And the game that popped up ahead of the day. Oh, Need for Un- Speed. Underground 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rides of in course, the Storm. Of course, of the course. best video game ever made. And they, they, they need to rebrand that game. Yeah. They need to bring that back out. Need, need for Speed and Fast and Furious films, I think, for our generation, I'm also 24. Yeah, it's 24. quite fortunate the same age like, as well. It was a huge part in oh, like, sparking that passion yeah. for cars. And... I mean, I just started cleaning, just like cleaning my mum and dad's car, just like yeah. with a sponge and a bucket. <laughs> um, just like back in the day, with the most yeah, when I was just like, like in secondary school, and um, I remember when Tokyo Drift came out, and also I think it was Need for Speed Carbon at the time. You know, yeah, you could do the mountain most drifting. Most wanted it was a carbon. Uh, most wanted was before carbon. Um, so most one it was like the start of like the police chase. Oh like, yeah, but yeah. Carbon yeah. was like at the same time as Tokyo Drift, two thousand six, where you could do like the mountain drifting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. No, I just thought, I literally just fell in love with it and I was just like, this is yeah, just I, I was the same though, like you, you, the vehicle you've managed to get now and what you drive is kind of like what I grew up, I loved drifting when I was younger. Yeah. But nowadays I'm not that bothered about it because it kind of seems like you either have to really pursue it as like a sport or really plow some serious money yeah, into it to be good course. at it. Anyone can go down and buy yeah. a Beamer and weld the diff and just try and spin it up. But then you, it's also a skill set. If you're not good at it, you, it's going to show and you're going to end up crashing and then plowing oh, yeah, more money into it. A, for a lot of people, it's not worth the risk, especially no. if you're trying to do it on public roads. I've done it. I've done it before. I haven't tried <laughs> this story, have I? I had a, I had a 90, what, 98 uh, E36 um, 2.8 M4, which was like... standard drift. Oh, standard drift car, but it was so clean. My old man had it before me. I bought it. My old man sold it to a dealer, trading the car. Sold it for two grand, which is dirt cheap because they're now like six grand. I then went into the dealer and bought it for a grand. <laughs> or something like that. So, so I paid dirt money for it. And all I did was, I think I put it on coil, I was loaded a little bit, and I was getting used to the whole like rear end slipping out and stuff. Mm. And obviously I didn't have an LSD. It went, one wheel would spin, the other one would not do anything. <laughs> and I hit a roundabout and I was full on sideways and it, it caught me and spun me a whole 360 the other way and smashed into the curb on the underpass oh. and it uh, knocked my whole like um, dry shaft out and I got recovered home and stuff and, and now that it, was the end of your drifting it, it was pretty much the end of, it, was, <laughs> it was the end of my drifting career but it, was the end, it wasn't the end of that car I just got it fixed and I just kind of drove it for a bit and then I think I just saw it I don't know what I did oh no a lorry, toy, a lorry drove into me I got T-boned on a parkway what Literally, I was coming down, going to work as my normal before I was doing detailing. Um, going to work, joined Stick Road, same road every single day, and a lorry just said he didn't see me and just moved into me and just spammed me on the road. Oh, and it wrote off my, my rear end, so I just ended up selling it to a, someone who actually sold it to a guy who makes BMW drift cars for a living. Oh, and really? he, he bought the car in total for like 650 quid. And all he did was he took the engine out of it and put yeah. it in like a little small, small E36 and just went drifting with it. Wow. But I was like, fair, fair enough. I was like, if you can do that, yeah. I just wanted it gone the other day. I couldn't do anything with it. It was like ruined on the outside. So yeah, I think that was a huge part. And then, um, and then my mum, I, <laughs> she one day came to us, our family, and she was like, oh, um, she's like, oh, I really want to get like a two seat, a sports car. And she was looking at the, MX5. She's, yeah, she was looking oh. at the MX five. Which one? Um, oh, what year? 2004. No, I think. no. I don't like any of them. All the new ones they have, they but I don't like any of them. ugly. I except mean, for the first one with the pop-up headlights. And then she was looking at the, what's the MG? Do you oh. remember that MG? ZF? I can't remember. With the little convertibles? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible cars. And she was debating these two cars. <laughs> and I was like, um... Uh, and then I was just like, no. Oh. And then I was just thinking, well, for the same money for what she was looking at, she could get a 350Z. Yeah, it's fine. You're looking at it, like, if it, was, if it was a ZF, which is those horrible convertible MGs, why would you buy a ZF if you could afford, like, a 350? Yeah, but Or a 350 is, was, like... This is a middle-aged woman she's talking about, like... Yeah, but I think a middle-aged woman would still have, like, a decent 350, like, a jack car than a horrible MG, which is going to probably blow Oh, yeah, of course, but obviously she didn't know this. And so, anyway, I approached her with the option of buying a 350Z and obviously you know it was my mum so I wanted her to have it so I could yeah. ride in it and I could clean it and whatever <laughs> it. and I actually managed to persuade her to get it and she got a nice little 2004 um, red 
Um, just with like the stand, red. just complete. Yeah, red. I don't think I've ever seen a fifty-fifty. Yeah, no, mate, they're quite rare. They're quite rare. Never seen a fifty-fifty. And they look red. good as well. They're like, either black, yeah, the grey, the grey, or the orange, which you've got. Yeah, that's. I see yeah, quite a few orange, orange ones is, more yeah. than more than anything else. True. Yeah, red, red and white are really yeah, never quite seen rare. Yeah. I've seen three seventies in white yeah, a lot, yeah. but I've never seen three fifties. So in white. she got a red three fifty Z, and you can imagine I was just over the moon. Oh, I was just like, "Wow, this is actually my car." <laughs> See, that's the thing. Actually, I think I think the first car I ever actually kind of ever got into cleaning it, and it was when I discovered clay barring, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is the best fucking thing ever!" <laughs> and um, it was my dad had a, an original um, like eighty eight Mark One MR two, like one of the first ones, real square, but it was white and it'd been neglected. And then all these little like black spots all over the sills. And I was there with like a bit of Maguire's clay bar back in the day. And it was like the best thing in the world. And that, that I think was like, oh wow. And then when it was done, you put like a layer of wax and I was like, oh my god, it looks amazing. Yeah. And then it, that from there I think was like that was the first car that wasn't my own. Because when you've got your own car, and say you're a weekend warrior, you're doing it while you're working and stuff, it's always gonna be kind of clean. But when you've mm-hmm. done a car that's never had anything done to it, like that MR2, yeah. it was like, oh wow, there's a big difference yeah, here. So now when you like look at it as a business perspective, like I've got a car in front of me now and it's mm. horrendous. It's how much you can do to it in the time frame, in the budget, and what the paint can allow you to do. It's incredible. And people don't realise that what you can do to a car. No. Like your car, you spend, you spend what, five, maybe five days on it roughly? Yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. So yeah, basically, um, so... My mum got this red 350Z. And oh, go back to mum's. I was still, back back then, I was still not, like, anywhere near detailing. Like, I was still, like, just a kid, like, washing cars. And yeah. I just washed my mum's cars. Well, how, you were Probably what? absolutely destroyed the paintwork. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how, how, old, how old were you all that? Um, Early think, teenager, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, think you're still at school with it, so you're yeah, not, you're not thinking about, like... Not thinking about cars, at all. And back then, detailing. True, true. It was like, I mean, compared to nowadays, compared yeah. To now, I mean, the last five years, it's come. And that's the thing, we, we, we've kind of set up in that last, like, five-year period of mm. when everyone seems to be setting up, so there's a lot of competition. Yeah. And you just got to kind of stick to your guns and just yeah. work out. But, no, I think, yeah, and you're saying about you would probably have ruined the paint, and to be honest, though, that's, the, that's almost... It's the learning curve. It is a learning curve. <laughs> you start off with the bare minimum. Yeah. And then you kind of add to it. And that's actually when you get into spending serious, like, silly money on I stuff. don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine there's one detailer who didn't start valeting, valeting, and yeah, didn't start, from basic, like, yeah. from basic, like, learning, like, coming from just being literally, like, enjoying washing cars with a sponge and bucket. I don't know. I think really? I, I've, I've heard a lot of people from other detailers who have had... Um, like contact from people who are wanting to set up and they've never really done anything other than the basic cleans. Yeah. So they'll be basically like two bucket washes and whatever. Yeah. And then they suddenly go, I want to set up a detailing company. And it's just like, you've never done it before. And then they go, well, what equipment should I buy? And it's like, if you're asking those kind of questions, then you shouldn't be setting up a company. Uh, yeah. Because it's mean, like, you've yeah. got not enough experience. Like I, I, I know think, that's true, but like there is a massive leap from valet into detailing. Um, but no, from, there is, there is. Yeah, but, but from like, just if you're just like you see like the old man on the side of the road who's just cleaning with his a car with a brush and a bucket and yeah, like that step. Um, That's like, like you don't really know what. No, what's going but on. if he wanted to start cleaning his car properly, which essentially is valeting, yeah, then it's quite an easy 
yeah, yeah, yeah. cleaning sort of things is that's quite what easy I mean. to learn. But like from valeting to detail, it's actually, a huge I agree. Job. I agree with you with that the jump yeah. from the jump from being able to clean a car correctly to then being able to machine polish and correct paint is a huge leap. Yeah, exactly. I've, I mean, what? How how long have you? How long do you think you've been polishing for? Well, this is what now I want to get into. Obviously, we've sort of told our stories of where our passion for cars yeah. came from, and now I mean, in terms of our journey from when we started up our business. Oh yeah, so we're 24 now. So where, where did it start for you in terms of valeting what, as a and detailing as a business? Um, I think so I your was, business name is JJ's So I'm detailing. JJ Detailing or JJ's Detailing technically, but I go by JJ Detailing. Do you know why it's called JJ Detailing? Nope. Ah, you don't know that? That's okay. JJ Detailing, because my first name's Josh. Obviously, yeah. And my middle name's Jacob. Oh, okay. I right? sort of did. Right, but no one's ever called me JJ my whole life. My brother, who's got no middle name, who's called James, was called JJ throughout his whole secondary school. So basically, I basically stole it. Yeah, literally stole it off him. But it was stupid because I was the one who had the two names. So I was like, well, it makes sense for me to have JJ. But I don't know why I called it that, and it's just kind of stuck with it now. It got to a point where I can't really change it. We were talking about that earlier on. But like, I think I used to work for a big company as like a a project manager sort of thing. So very office-based, very... Nine to five, good job. I, it was a very good job in the sense, very kind of technical. But I think I was probably, I'm now 24 now. I must have been what 20, maybe 21, mm. like late 20, late late 2021. 20, and um, I remember it was, I just kind of set up like your Facebook page, set up a thing, and kind of you're trying to offer it on weekends and stuff, and yeah. in your spare time. And then I think one day I was sat in my office, I looked out the window and I saw a really nice Mercedes in the car park and I was like, I just really want to detail the car. Mm. That's all it was. I was like, I'm sick of this, sick, sick of being behind the desk and I enjoyed being outside or in, in somewhere doing cleaning than being in like some company somewhere just getting paid to do like a nine to five job. And um, I basically just, I think it was about 2021, but it took a long time to get to where I am now. And you'd say four years still isn't even that long. But like, I've only really in the last year and eight, nine months of being in the studio I'm in now, that's where I've gone from, I'm actually officially like a business. So when I moved here, which was So that March, was the start that was, that, that full was, time for you? Full time for me was pretty much uh, end of 16. So end of 2016, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like just before winter, which was probably the worst time to do it as well. <laughs> I decided to go full time. So I, I went from... Full-time work and employment. Then I just, I sacked that off in like two weeks. I made a decision and just went, I was there for like three and a half years and that two weeks just went, now I'm gone. Yeah. It was out of the blue. And then I struggled for a bit, but luckily I lived at home. I don't have an overhead. So I struggled for a bit, just kind of trying to get word out there, setting up. I used to share a unit with a vehicle wrapper. And you're, at this point, you're still doing part-time. Yeah, was, and then that's job. the thing. I was going, I went from big company, nine to five, then I went to work for... Uh, retail like part time to kind of support me, which was again good money on the side. And then it was like end of summer, early winter of 2016 that I quit that. I did part time for a year before I quit. So yeah. it took me a while to get. Oh yeah, of course. Anywhere near where that's I the, thought. I think that's the best way though. It is 100 because if you've got something, something's paying you a certain wage every month, and it's like quite a simple job, and you've still got enough time to be able to fit in details or yeah. just valets or maintenance washes or whatever then it's you're, the best then thing you're sort of gradually but then doing less employed work yeah. and then upping the self the, the jump though what I think was I I was in a friend's unit at a very very small little bay in a friend's unit very very cheap rent and stuff like that the area was awful so you can imagine me trying to strive for the 
nicer clients, they didn't want to leave their cars there. Mm. So they'll look at you and think, your work might be very good, but your area looks, I don't feel like I want to trust my car. So then I founded this unit that I'm in now, and that was March 2017, I moved in. And it was over that Christmas time of me uh, quitting part-time and deciding to go full-time, that's around that time. So it was end of, end of 2016, early 17, where I actually went full-on. Yeah. Full time, and it was a big, like, it's a big leap because when you go from having a wage every month and having regular work to not having any income, Anything. it's yeah, like it, it you, it's like panic mode. But I don't know if it's the mindset I've run up in, and like my old man's a, a business owner, my brother's a business owner, and I think it's it pushes you to go and get work. Yeah. So it made me go out and do leaflet dropping, made me talk to businesses and other garages and things to try and get work in the door. And then the thing is, for what we want, it's all reputation. It takes ages. Yeah, and I feel if you haven't got that mindset that you know it's going to take a while, then you're going to struggle. And I, I did for a long time, I, I, I thought it would grow faster than it has. And even though you came into it, like, I've only known you, what, three months? Yeah, <laughs> three <laughs> months. And like, you came in and you, you were like, you were like, you were like, um, now you, you've gone really, really far. But I feel like I'm still way back compared to a lot of my like competitors and stuff oh yeah of course but you are just at the start but yeah. you still I was talking about in terms of like when businesses fold yeah it's usually within the first year yeah because I, I said that too. they're like oh we can't do this I and said that fold. yeah I thought if it was going to flop so I think you're past that I think you yeah, hopefully yeah I, I, I said was if it was going to flop it would have flopped by now I would have thought in the first year would have I would have crashed but I think I just kind of Try to be smart with the income where it's like the money and try to save it. And when I go quiet, when I go quiet, as you probably know, and, and so as our friends know, I, I crap myself. Yeah. Even though I'm not actually that quiet. Yeah. But it's like, I'd rather be busy. And actually, this is the thing I was saying to you the other day is, it sounds stupid, but I don't really care about the money. Obviously, you want to be compensated for the work. But it's more the work. I'd want the work. Yeah. I want to be busy. I want to have cars because you in, love what you do. And I love what I do, but then, it, yeah, the money comes with it, and it comes with time and stuff, but you still want to be able to just keep doing the work. Yeah. So I think, yeah, end of, end of 2016, 17 is when I kind of went, like, full-time doing it. So I've been, I've been here a year and nine months, roughly. Mm. Yeah. year and nine months in this current studio, and I can't see... I don't think I'll ever... I don't think I'll move now, because it's a very good location for where I am. Yeah. No, it's not. So what, you, what about you, though? Because your yeah, situation is so, a bit different. Yeah, it's, well, it's completely different, really. I mean, I've the way I've done it is, well, I started... I started the same as you. I had... I, I mean, I've never had a full-time job. Yeah. So, even from when I finished yeah. college... So I, I didn't go to college. <laughs> I couldn't even make it. Probably. Well, I didn't actually finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I finished. I finished at sixteen, and then went straight into working in retail. And yeah, just yeah. moved away up from there. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the same. Well, I didn't finish college when I sort of decided. Well, like when I when I quit college, let's put it that way. Yeah. I had another business that I set up, and I was still had a part time job, so I was sort of doing that. And then I set up. I started valeting, as you do, sort of weekend warrior on the side along with my part-time job and then I found myself literally every single weekend was like gone just working yeah and then grafted yeah and then I got I had another part-time job when I sort of you had two end, part-time jobs yeah so when I ended as well as valet 
Yeah, so when I ended my business, I had this before this because it sort of didn't work out. Mm. I obviously then got another job to compensate for the time, and then I had another part-time job, and then I was still doing doing the detail. detail, And this wasn't long ago. This was so I was working at a a trainer store in Cambridge. um, You guys had a sneaker store, then. I know. It's just (laughs) because you're in England, mate. (laughs) I know that, but it's still when you're in that sort of scene. Yeah, that's what we we refer to, but. Um, and then click. I was working for the National Trust as well. Um, so I had those two part-time, part-time jobs um, and I was doing the sort of valeting on the side. And then it wasn't, you know, this was 2016. This was 2017 I was doing this. So yeah, it's only last year. Yeah. yeah, so only last year. It's only been about a year where I've been like full-time sort of detailed. Yeah, the thing like is, we're two different, been... we're two different and I, I, at the moment. Yeah, and I'm still, I'm still mobile. Half the week I'm mobile, and then half the week I'm sort of based in, I'm based inside, but it's contract work with yeah. one client. Yeah, exactly. So. so for me, it's, I'm, I keep getting told this by like, like Simon, I did bespoke detailing. He says, I've done it the wrong way around. So I kind of, I was the weekend warrior, I was offering different things, and then I got into more of the detailing, more of the polishing and waxes and coatings and stuff like that. And then I, I very, very quickly opened a unit and kind of started offering everything. Yeah. Whereas like Simon, our friend up, up north, he kind of worked and grafted for years as a valeter on the road mm. and then got the money and saved up and then opened a unit where he could offer everything yeah. as well. Which is, I guess, it is the correct way of doing it. Because no, then, I don't think there's a correct way. I, d- I, thought, yeah, but I, feel I like think that's the more... If you ask other norm, people in the industry how they've done it, is they have grafted for years, I being feel, a mobile valet, I feel like the and ones, then they've opened... I feel like the ones that have done that are normally the, what I would call the best detailers in the UK. So if you throw names out there, the ones that were valeters before, and then they've grown in, they've set up a little unit, and they've But you up. were a valet before as well. Yeah, but I think... You I just weren't as valor, uh, valor as long. No, I think, I think so for I what think I wanted to do and what I wanted to, I found a passion for detailing rather than valeting. Valeting is just part of detailing now. You have to valet a car to get it to a point where you can detail it. And of course, it's, your, it's the prep. It's, it's the it's prep, the prep work. work. But valeting in general, so if someone said, oh, can you come out and valet my Q7, for instance? Yes, I can, but I'd much prefer to be in the unit for two days or three days polishing one car and getting that car where it needs to be, because I just I find more satisfaction in that than doing the smaller yeah. jobs. Well, but I, I think, think that's a pretty much. Yeah, but I think people it comes under what you want to do. As we were saying this earlier, like you either. Yeah, but I think that's a, like a rare case where you don't want to do the big details and you'd rather do valets if you can make more money off it. Yeah, it all comes down to money in the day. Because obviously, when you're doing detailing, obviously. You're more than like you've got to be inside, so that means you've got the overhead of the yeah, building. Exactly. Or, or I, I, it's, it still sticks with me. I remember watching Cam's Autogleam video, and he was saying someone asked him about uh, it was something to do with money or something, and it was just like uh, detailing as a as a whole is not a profitable business. Oh, was this way he said about his brother because he's a window cleaner? Yeah, I think so. I find my brother's window cleaner, but like that's the thing though. It is no, true. Okay. It's a hundred percent true. No, okay. If you're in a a professional unit studio somewhere in some sort of city centre so I'm not far from my city centre I'm not far from my train station literally about 5 miles maybe 10 miles away max 10 minute drive no not 5 minute drive and I think I'm very fortunate for the unit cost and the rent and stuff like that and the bills are um, 
manageable compared to what I could be paying in, oh, in yeah, a different definitely. area. Even though, but that's the thing. I mean, like he was saying, it's not a profitable business because theoretically it's not because in detailing there's no time frame really. If you say it's oh, I work full time, people think that's forty hours a week. It's not. It's like a hundred hours a week because people don't realise that you start at eight in the morning Standard. and then you spend four hours cleaning, then you spend another six hours on like two panels trying to polish it to like perfection in quotations, but it's people don't realise how long it takes and that's why it ends up your passion for it takes over yeah. and then it of no course. longer becomes profitable. I mean, it's just, you can live, yeah, obviously you can live off it and people make a good living off it, but it's not, you, you're never going to make millions unless you start a franchise. Oh, yeah, of course. And you but, have, and the thing with that, you need loads and loads of money to start with, but yeah. we're very, we're 24. But I don't we're, think anyone gets it into detail in, in no, to make a lot of money. I don't know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of people, I think a lot of people well, To make a lot of money. Not a lot of money, but I feel there's a lot of people out there that will I think if it. you're money driven, then your standard of work is just going to go down Oh, 100%, anyway. yeah, 100%. But like, for us, we I was saying this, we were saying this today, we're quite young compared to a lot of other details yeah. out there. Back and to your your sort of story, I don't think you've just done it a lot earlier than a lot of people, which can have its benefits as well, because you're gaining you're automatically you're giving yourself more time to gain experience. Yeah, I think I was So there's pros and cons yeah. to everyone's was, situation, everyone's very, very how they've got into it and their story, like there's no right way and wrong way of doing it. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I would think I was very fortunate of how I got set up and stuff like that and how it all fell together. I was very, very lucky. But I, part of me does think that I could have probably held out. Like, at my old unit, I was paying, like, hardly anything. So my overheads were, like, a quarter of what they are now. I reckon I could have held out for another eight, eight months or yeah, a year. But, but then... When you get that feeling, that, oh, oh, I want to yeah. be in a unit, I want to have You're in that feeling now. You're, you're in that situation where yeah. you want to be in a unit of your own. Yeah, of course. Because you've got contract work which allows you to be in a unit, but you want to have your own like place that's your where company all my where you can do. Can come, yeah, exactly. of course, exactly. So, so once I think once you've got that feeling, it's, you can't you can't fight it. But for you, like you, a lot of people have said to me, just just go for it. Like, I'm when's going to yeah, be yeah. the right time? You could you could decide it's the right time, and then you could be spending another nine thing, months trying to find the, the right place to move into. The like, thing is, I always think is. People would say, oh, you're quite young and, like, experienced and stuff. But really, like, if you've been cleaning since you were 16, 17. Oh, yeah. You're 24. That's quite a long time. Look That's at, a lot of experience. Hey, but, look at Simon from Best Boat. The level he's at now. Oh, And he's 26 yeah. years old. That's mad. It is mad. That's but crazy. But thing, he's got such good experience. Yeah. So and he's grafted. He's done, like, the, I mean. he's done the... Shout out to Simon. Yeah, he'll be laughing. I thought you said, did you say bespoke or best mate? <laughs> bespoke. <laughs> I thought you said best mate. Oh like, my Simon don't like that much, mate. There you go. No, but like, <laughs> but he's um, gonna be listening to. He's like, he ain't gonna listen to. Oh, Simon won't listen to. He ain't got the. He's got he attention span of a frog. He ain't got this. But I mean, this that's the thing. I mean, um, you, we both, we both kind of started similar areas, but with two different routes. Like, again, like, well, Simon, like, Simon grafted, like, proper grafted for, like, four years until he set up a unit. Yeah. But he was doing, like, really horrible jobs because at the end of the day, it was money in his pocket that would then help him get to where he wants to be. So he grafted and grafted and grafted, and now he's kind of doing stuff that he really wants to do, which is brilliant. And I think we both want to be in a similar situation, and I think it just comes down to the area you're in, 
what your drive is, what you want to be doing, and you've just got to know your business. You've got to know yeah. your business, know your customer. The base. things I, I worry about the most is there's so much competition out there, so much competition. Yeah, but and it depends so how people. you look at it. It's your perspective. <laughs> it's, it's your perspective. If you compare it to hairdressing, barbering, nah, not at all. Imagine how, like, in terms of competition, like, there's a there's a hairdressers and barbering like barber shop on every single corner, pretty corner much. of every single town. It's very true. Do you know what I mean? It's very true. I mean, like, my old man, he, my window cleaners, right? Uh, who who is it? Uh, Cam's Cam's window cleaner. His brother's window cleaner. My brother's window cleaner, and I just got told by a friend of mine that f- he knows four of his mates that have set up window cleaning businesses in the last month in Peterborough. Yeah. And I'm like, Peterborough is not a big place, not yeah. really. But then again, on the other flip side of things, if you compare, if we're talking about window cleaning, if you're if you compare the ratio of how many people's houses have their windows clean compared yeah. to how many people oh. are prepared to have their car <laughs> detailed, 100%. then, 100%. you know, that well, maybe you could it's, argue... It's all it's educating the customer, though. It's all, always educating the customer because nine times out of ten, a customer comes in and goes, oh, so you do valeting? And they're like, yeah. And then we do detailing. And they're like, well, what's detailing? Yeah. And you get talking. And that, you build question, a conversation. that question, what is detailing? Oh, it's so difficult to answer. Oh, so difficult. <laughs> and it, because people think it's... It is, it is in the details, like like door jams and like all the little nooks and crannies and all the details, but it's not just that. It's taking a car from a current state and putting it to better than new if it's physically possible. Yeah. So the car, the car that I've got in front of us at the moment... So, what, are, so, so let's, if someone was asking you a question, if I was asking you a question now, because yeah. everyone has their different opinions of what, what detailing actually is, because, I mean, so many valeters who are just doing valeting Call they're just cleaning, yeah. Just, who are, yeah, who are just cleaning? They, you know, they call themselves detailers. Call themselves yeah. detailers, which is, you know, it's questionable. So, so what if you what, if, if I was going to ask you what is what, what do you think detailing is? What is the difference between valeting and detailing? I would say valeting is general car cleaning. So if that be just cleaning the car thoroughly, cleaning the interior thoroughly, yeah, stuff like that. Detailing is. I feel like detailing is a lot more paintwork orientated. Yeah. So you are pushing for perfection in the sense of removing defects from the paint, removing scratches, swells, anything from the machine paint. Machine so polishing. With, with machine polishing. But they're also that thing with detailing is this, there's sort of things. I did that M3 the other week. Yeah. And I actually had the customer, which I know from my old man. I was, he came in halfway through and I was under the car on the ramp, fully cleaning the arches. Like, and he said to me, why are you doing that? Because no one can see it. And my thing is that, well, that's what detailing is. Because detailing is kind of trying to take every aspect of the car and make it either as new or improve it as much as you can with what you've got. Because obviously there's wear and tear and you can't always fix things with polishing or cleaning because mm. it's not physically possible. So the answer to it is very difficult. But I think distance is, is balancing is general cleaning, like thorough cleaning. Nothing wrong with balancing at all because that's all the prep work. But then detailing is going from valeting, from the cleaning side of things, and taking it that extra step. Yeah. You're instead of just cleaning and waxing the paint, you're mm-hmm. then cleaning the paint. You're removing everything or contamination from the paint, which I feel valeting you don't do a lot of. Because mm-hmm. valeting, yeah, I feel no. like it's more washes and interior cleaning and yeah. maybe a wax. But there is obviously different levels. Of oh, 100%. both both things. There's different levels to valeting. Hundred percent. There's different levels to detailing. I mean, detailing. I mean. A detailing well, could be from a know, single like, light machine polishing 
some this oh, like Rossini, your favourite person in the world. Rossini, <laughs> D, what's it called? Rossini Carb something in Brazil, of all places. And he will literally take the undercarriage of a car, which you cannot see on a public road or anything, of a normal car, like a Golf GTI, and he'll make the suspension components, he'll make the under tray, everything pristine. And, like, pristine. Yeah. It's spotless. But that's when you're in a... Your, your client base is the people that... Concourse. Re- they're concourse, and they really want their cars to be like that. But then there is an aspect that I would say... For where we are and the kind of customers we deal with, it's very unlikely we come across that. Yeah, I mean to get to that level, it's just no, crazy. No, but, to, no, to find the client base, to find the client base, that, that is hard. That. But there's no stopping us doing that because actually, really, when we're doing customers' cars and it's in the air, we've gone up the ramp and we're working on it, you end up spotting stuff and you feel like, well, I'm already here, so I'm going to fix it instead of because I think they feel there's a lot of people out there. Oh yeah, do, like that details. will kind of just like look over it and go, oh, I'm not getting paid for that, so I'm not going to do it, and. I, I think most, I think most independent detailers go above and beyond. Yeah, I think anyone independent. My old man's not tissue, so he's got to go up against like big companies, big spec savers, Vision Express and stuff. And he's, his client base, people who want to go and see him, mm-hmm. they just want him to do it. Reputation. But that's the thing as well, it's taken him like 25 years, 30 years to get to that point. We're a year, two years in. We've got <laughs> yeah, miles mad, to go. So it is, it's, it's one of those things. But I mean, your background is very different to mine. Not background, your or how you're working. Yeah. But course. what's going on? What's happening soon? What What are you? What's Where's your what's business going? Future like, plans. Yeah, if you're not not so much future future, but like not like five years, but like in the next coming months, what are you planning to do? Well, I'm like um, hopefully fingers crossed, everything goes smoothly. Um, actually, taking on a unit so I can sort of be in one place and then start offering. Well, like, obviously, as you know, I've been in a unit before yeah but that was for quite a short period of time but obviously i offered um, yeah. the services that yeah you know that an, you, having a unit you can sort of entail yeah um so i have done it before but it sort of um fizzled out for sort of various reasons um so now hopefully i'm sort of taking on a more permanent place so i yeah. can sort of carry on that and sort of offer you know the sort of well as we all aspire to do, sort of. The just big, offer everything you can. Just offer really. everything and just sort well, of. Well, that's where I think you, know. you, you will find your marketplace. You will start offering everything, but then you'll actually narrow that down to what you enjoy the most and what you find most beneficial for the customer. Yeah, of course. Because if you're offering everything, you end up getting. I had this. I probably. Well, I think, you've, I think you've got to offer everything. Oh, but yeah. ideally, you just want to be, you know, I mean, probably, you know, the dream is probably just to do like one car a week. Yeah. Work on one car for six, seven days. And yeah. then the next week, you've got a different car in. I mean, that's, but obviously, that's. It's perfect also world. a perfect world. And also, it's client base that are willing to, one, spend the money on that, two, leave the car for that long as well. A lot of customers don't want yeah, to leave the car true. that long. Some people won't. And know, actually for us, clients, five days. It's daily driver. So. Yeah, yeah. For us though, five days is a long time. If you're, especially if you're working like nine in the morning to like eight o'clock at night every day. Yeah. I mean, for me, because I've got no life, essentially, <laughs> literally, I will work from nine in the morning and I'll probably leave at like 11 o'clock at night seven days a week. And people are like, why? And I'm like, well, I enjoy what I do. Well, that last week. Uh, like, yeah, that week was that, that was good. Right? <laughs> I don't think I went home before midnight. No. And it was, yeah. And then Sunday, what? I, I and I'm still suffering from it. I'm, I'm still, like, knackered yeah. from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working. There's a point. 
There is a point. And there is a point. You've I got remember, balance. Yeah, but I, I remember talking to... I mean, I don't know if he's listening. He, he might listen. Clark Aiken, who used to be Polish Bliss. I messaged him six months ago or something, and I was talking to him. I just went, how did you get to the point where your cards... Because obviously you're always striving to better yourself, and you want to always push your level of work and the cards work and everything like that. And I remember I followed his work for a long time, and I just went, how, how did you get to a point of doing like these really rare like, one-off... Like he just did like one of 67 Red Arrow uh, Aston Martins. That was yeah, like oh, a real thing. And it was gorgeous. I was I like, saw how one did you in, get to that? In the, mid, in the Canary Wharf Square, they had one there. Yeah, it's just the one that they were raffling off. That's oh, mad They're though. I can't believe the detail on that. I said to him, and he just went, he literally, his words were, um, work your ass off. Consistency. From, he, yeah, it was, but he was like, work your ass off, work from the ground up, do your horrible little cars and horrible interior ballots and stuff like that. And just keep working, keep working, keep working. And he is probably a prime example of someone who started off from nowhere sort of thing and then just grew, 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 grew. But he probably started off similar to how Simon did in the sense of valeting, valeting, valeting and then yeah. got into detailing and now he's growing and growing and growing. But he's going for like 12, 13 years. Yeah, exactly. So that, and that... And it's just that longevity. And it actually made me think of he said, um, he said, it's things like staying down the unit till two in the morning. This is what he said. Staying down the unit till two in the morning to make sure that glass is 100% smear free and it's little things like that yeah exactly and it's 100% grew with that because the amount of times you feel like you've done 100 hours on a car and you feel like you could do another 100 hours just doing finishing touches oh god yeah and then that's the worst <laughs> thing because customers don't customers and actually I saw this on an ammo video man I've been I'm on fucking fire tonight talking about videos ammo you know ammo NYC yeah he does a podcast as well I think he did a video and he said it's not the 99% of things you do right is the 1% that you forget to do or do wrong that a customer remembered. Mm. And that's the most frustrating, well, frustrating the thing. always overlooks And it's so, that's the frustrating part because you've got to make sure that you're covering all aspects but you are human in the day. You might miss something. You might forget something. And it might be something so smooth like a little smudge on a windscreen yeah. or something that the customer goes, well, there was a smudge on the windscreen. But then it's just also how you deal with your customers. It's cus- and it's customers' mindset. Yeah. It's, if a customer comes so in with it things. with a bad mindset, and I've had that before, and if a customer well, comes with a bad mindset, it's like really hard. Avoiding, the best way to avoid those little tiny mistakes is having a set routine. Like uh, making yeah. sure you're doing those final checks and you know yeah. what quickly. you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. too quickly, all, all that sort of, sort of thing. So, you know, that's the... 100%. And uh, the problem I think with a lot of customers is they don't realise... One, how long it takes, and how every single car is different. And I've learned that in the last year. It oh, sounds yeah, stupid. Yeah, but no, it sounds stupid, but when you're polishing every day, but like I'm polishing near enough every day on different cars, the amount of cars like change in the sense of I could do a Mercedes today and I could do an Audi tomorrow, and you think, oh, they're both German, they're both people relatively hard. Any money, the Mercedes is rock hard, and the Audi is like quite soft. And it's like they, the same combination you use on one car may work on another car but yeah. it probably won't and it's it's knowing and that's what I feel like when you get into detailing and you do it professionally that's when your skill set comes out because if you can navigate and you know the difference between the two or multiple different cars and stages and what paint thickness is and yeah. then you can actually perform better but that yeah and that again comes with experience oh yeah but then again I mean you could have the exact same car the exact same paint the exact same be, colour it'd be different. and it'd be different well, that's what it's, in, it's the condition it's just different yeah. of the cars like how, it's life it's life that's, has been that's exactly now. 
If you watch it, you go home. That's exactly what Ammo's latest video is. He had three brand new Oh, GT3s. yeah, no, I watched that, actually. Yeah, watched that, that was actually night, really yeah. interesting. And they were like, he was it comparing... It just came up on my YouTube. Yeah, because he was comparing yeah, what the conditions the were, what the paint fitness yeah. was like. And, and to be fair, all of them were relatively the same, except for one of them had, like, more, like, denibbing marks and sanding marks yeah, from where they tried to chase the foul. But, yeah, do you know what I took from that video? What? Like, the thing I learned um, quite new is when he was saying about the the residue from the gases from the yeah, new dash yeah. going into the inside of the window. Yeah, I was surprised at that as well. I was like, that's actually something I didn't know. No. And I literally just learned that just from watching that video. So as I did get bored and I did turn it off after when he started talking about the paddles. <laughs> <laughs> when he started talking about the window cleaning from the yeah. inside, I was like, I've seen so many of you videos of you talking. Yeah. All it is, is a paddle with a scrub pad on it. And that was it. I was like... I've seen it so many times, I don't want to watch it again. I don't know why, I've, I've got an attention span very short anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah, but like, no, but it is interesting, because actually I've not dealt with, I wouldn't say that many... That's not a generic parts. video that you'd find on YouTube. Like, no. you know, there's so many videos of the same thing, same process. That was really interesting. No, it was, 100%. Because of where he is in his career, that he had three of the same cars in, and he could compare, and they're all different colours... Yeah. You could compare the paint. Oh, like that was, I think that was made. Yeah. That, it was a, you notice that all of them had the exact same amount of standard marks under the spoiler because yeah. they couldn't because they can't get yeah. to it. It's and it's just, it, it, it gets this human error because that's the thing. They're painted by machines. He said this. They're painted by machines. Yeah, they are. But then they're finished down by humans, and obviously yeah. every human is different. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we learn when we work together on cars. You and there's, you know, completely different to I do. Yeah, and they're standard. You know, that's basically yeah, exactly. standard of the manufacturers. Paint. Yeah, we could do a whole tangent on that though. It's oh, ridiculous. Okay. The whole. Let's not go down that, that rubber hole. Oh, it's ridiculous. No, the whole, we'll talk about that. We're getting time. to the 45 minute mark now. Well, that's fine. It depends how long you want to talk for, but I mean, I'll talk all night. Yeah, I mean, well, well of course we can. But we'll yeah. see how far we'll go and see what happens. But, um, yeah, because actually, not going, not going back to how we started this stuff, but like, I, I remember, I remember talking to you about it. I remember talking to Simon, Simon about it bespoke because we talk quite closely quite a lot. And people find it really strange. You find it really strange how quickly I can do something, but the results will be very near enough the same. And this is where you come out and go, no, it's bollocks, mate. You're really, you're really crap. But, We're always going to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, but the thing is, like, there is that fine line of, like... I do get what you're saying, though. There is a very fine line where we see it all the time. A lot of detailers... Sometimes you, I mean, even I'm guilty of this. I think every detailer is. You can, I don't know what the expression is, you know, when you work, but it's actually not benefiting you at all. Well, it's just going to, it's no financial, you're not, yeah. you're not making it. No, it's not even, nothing to do with financial. It's, you're going above and beyond on a certain part of detail, whether it's machine polishing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're doing it, you're not really doing it, like, it's not giving you better results. You're just taking more time on it and you've got to that point where you're just taking so much time and yeah. if you really had a set way or you, you know, limited yourself, you could have got it done and had the ex- exact same results yeah. as if you... If like, you squint, yeah. Like, no. That's the thing. I think what it was, I think I watched, I watched a video and it was, I don't know what the guy's name was. It was, it was an Obsessed Garage video and it was the James... Kilmer, like one of the best wet sanders, he does like concourse 
Pebble Beach Club. Yeah, I think I heard him on the Rag Company podcast. And he had someone with him, and they were talking about polishing the compound and stuff like this. And the way they worked was like, I, it shocked me, because it was so erratic and so body shop-like, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, very, very quick. But using the same machines, the same compounds, the same methods we do, but they were doing it so much faster. Like, they were four-stage cutting and refining a bonnet, like half a bonnet in like six minutes. Yeah. I haven't seen the video, so I can't. So, yeah. It sounds a bit... It sounds incredible, but like you watch it and you just go, well, all he's doing differently, he's applying a little bit more pressure and he's just moving faster. But what he's doing is he's not creating as much heat. And that's it. When you're doing a whole entire car, how beneficial is that? Like... It's not realistic, is it, really? Well, it's what they do for a living, though. This is where we agree disagree, because this is what they do. And he's Pebble Beach car, so he's wet-standing every single day. So he's pushing for perfection. Oh, obviously, I know that, obviously, the more experience you have, the quicker you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think there's a point. Oh, yeah, like that like, like customer I had earlier. You can't... <laughs> that customer I had earlier. Yeah, so you talk about expectations, giving a customer a quote, and they said, oh, I used to do polishing back in the day. And I know that it, uh, for a two-stage, which essentially is a cutting stage and a refining stage, to try and knock out quite a few defects, um, only takes six hours with a wax and fully done. And that's including the whole prep work. And okay. six hours to do a two-stage, even in my thing of me being fairly quick as a detailer. But that's ridiculous. I don't even think the body shop could do it that quick. Well, actually, no, body shop probably do it quicker, but it'd be really bad. <laughs> it'd be really bad. No offence, body shops out there, but... As a detail, it's frustrating when you come across stuff. But that's it. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting to think of where you are now and what your plans are and what where I am. Because you're, I've always thought you were like three. No, how long have been? How long have you been actually? Three, three years. Three years. Yeah. See, I've, that's just. Actually, such, I guess just, it feels so long, but it's it really actually, bad. I think my, mine's about three years, though, yeah. really. But I, I, I count. I really only count a year and eight months of when I moved from here. That's when yeah, I and I, I only count a year because that's probably where I've actually been detailing. Every and you week. weren't working out like, like yeah, and I wasn't. I didn't have too like part, a I didn't, part-time. Yeah, which was income. it was taking up more of my time than the valeting and detailing. Yeah, but that's. A, he, I remember my neighbour said it once. He said, "You've got, a, you've got to. You well, one, you've got to spend money to make money." But he also said, "You've got to make a financial kind of deduction when you." go from one thing to another. So when you go from having a part-time wage, being a weekend warrior, to then being full-time, for the first couple of months, you're going to have like a big dip. Oh yeah, money. of course. But people... people a lot of people, people don't like, understand that. They don't, like, they don't. Some, you know, you could have a part-time job where you're earning what? I don't know, like £800 a month? Decent part-time job, that is. Well, I was on It depends what part-time you think. Yeah. What, part-time. Well, what, 20 hours? Whatever, just like hours, as an right? example, £800 a month and, and you're doing the detailing on the side the side then you go to do de- detailing full time and you've yeah, got more you overheads got, yeah, yeah, yeah. you haven't got an income that well, that's is, you know that's why I only count you're not going to be making as much money no. if you had if you're working for another company and they were paying you then having your own business and you're building it from ground up well that's it that's why I, w- yeah. I only really went f- uh, really count business properly from when I moved into this current studio because that's when I was full-time, I had all the overheads, I've got to make this work. And that was when I thought, okay, this is officially it. Mm. Before I was part-time and I had less overheads, and I didn't really, it was more of like setting up, gauging of what can it really work as a business, stuff like that. But it's interesting like where we are, because I always thought you were kind of 
yeah, she is funny that I, uh, Simon was the one who mentioned you to me originally. He was like, oh, do you know there's OD detailing? Well, weird that we hadn't come across each other. I actually followed you before, though. Oh, mate. On Instagram. See? Love me, mate. Love and you me, didn't mate. follow me. You didn't follow me. Yeah, I did. Mate, I showed you that um, screenshot I took from your story when I didn't even for know you. For you lying, mate. Lying. Of the... Oh, yeah. uh, the do you talk about? The dry nade. No, no, he's dry nades, mate. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, and that's, that's what I said earlier, though. Like, I've been here a year and eight months, and I still feel myself as very small, very small. Yeah. And it's surprising, like, you got Lewis from flipping Cambridge, who's come across me, and he's following me, and he, I don't know, you probably thought I was maybe bigger, or been around longer, maybe. Uh, I didn't really put that much thought into it. I just thought that this oh, guy is. Is this guy? <laughs> no, I just thought... Who's oh, JJD telling? No, I just knew of you and Petrolhead. That's yeah, Petrolhead, yeah. Because you're both in Peterborough. Yeah. So I just... And that was literally, obviously, from social media. Like, yeah. Which is, obviously... But I don't know what I think, I think, be... I think Simon showed oh, me Oh, actually, you. and as well, uh, Dan Sibley, when he said... He told oh, me that yeah, he... did his wheels, yeah. He did his wheels. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Simon showed me yours. He said, oh, do you know this guy? I think he's pretty local to you. And I was like, no, nah, I've not seen him before. And then, to be fair, though, you're, I am quite low key. you're very, very low-key low social key. media-wise. I was, For me, I like post everything because I want to make sure people know what I am and what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, of course. I mean, and I, I probably would... I'm going to do the same when I get yeah, to uni. But, it's but, when you I, I just had no need. Yeah. Well, I do vlogs, though, don't I? I, well, I try to. And I stopped for Shout a while. Shout out YouTube channel. Shout out. Where is it? That's the problem. Actually, this is how annoying YouTube is right now. I'm going to slag off YouTube right now because oh, it's ridiculous. Here we go. Here we go. No, 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 no. What is? So basically, you can't have, like, if I told you to go on YouTube and type in JJ Detailing, yeah. I probably won't pop up. Uh, do you know what? You know, obviously, I watched your latest vlog, yeah. the M3 vlog. I went onto YouTube and I typed in JJ's Detailing. Yeah. Didn't come up. Exactly. And you know why? Because they will not assign you a URL that links to your name until you've got a certain amount of following. Oh, that's just... And I've only got like 170 subscribers, yeah. so it's like I haven't got like any real following. But it's... Yeah, it's still annoying. Like, yeah, I, so I have so to I knew directly... What, uh, yeah, so I know of you. And so you I have to go into... find me. Yeah. Manage, which is, it's I harder. can't remember what I actually t- typed in. Um, I think... I, I, I did type in something and your YouTube channel came yeah. up on the top thing. I can't remember what it was. But yeah. when I typed in JJ's details... Yeah, that's the annoying thing. I've got it an didn't come up. So, like, technically, I go by JJ detailing. Yeah. Sort of like AM details. Yeah. Is Alan McArthur going to say name is? I don't know what his name is. McArthur? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, McArthur. Yeah. So, he's AM details, and I was like, well, I'm JJ detailing. I tried to get rid of the S instead of it being JJ's. Yeah. Yet, all of my branding still has JJ's on it. I think JJ sounds good. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yours is LXD. No, it's not. Lux. That's my number plate. V6 L&D Lux. luxury detail, by the way. V6, V6. No, but I had the same problem with you. Obviously, I, I'm L&D. So, the L, the, the and, isn't actually, like, and, isn't A-N-D. It's just the... Oh, is that, yeah, the and symbol. Yeah, it's the yeah. and symbol. So, when it comes to, like, website URL, oh, searching, yeah. oh, it's a nightmare. I was I like, why did I do it? You could just be, yeah, but you could just be LD detailing. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've... That's but like you are thinking Instagram about possibly doing a rebrand. Yeah, mm, probably not. Probably not? I it's, I've got everything, when everything's set up, it's like... Mm. 
Well, that's the thing. You're you're at that point where you, when you get a unit, you'll be able to figure out what you want to do. I've kind of moved in with this, and I kind of stuck. With oh it now, yeah, so. of course. I think I could. You could. I do feel. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a, a full rebrand. No, not though. at all. But you do have that risk of people who already knew you. And like, yeah, they kind of might like, think you've been this sold. Is, this or is a, this is a prime else. example, right? Yeah. I've literally just had someone got in contact with me saying that they're getting a new six series. Nice. And they wanted new they, six series. What even is the new 6 Series? What? The BMW 6 Series? Yeah, I know, but like, all I, whenever I think of the I think of like the M6 shape, which is like 414 plate. So what difference yeah. is a new 6 Series? It means it's a new car. Yeah, I know it's a new car. Yeah, that's what, the new, a new I 6 know, Series. Never, a new, not the new. Oh, like, fair enough. Like, like a 16 plate. 17 plate. 16? I, I think, <laughs> it's not I think that's new, 16, mate. mate. We're mate. nearly 2019. Mate, when we're I on think the, of, we're on the when I think of new plate. cars, I think of like anything over 2010. Yeah. <laughs> literally, anything over 2010 for me is and like, that's wow, that's eight years ago. Yeah, literally. Wow. Yeah, but I'm so used to, I've got a 1985 Mark II Golf outside that's older than me, and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But like, I don't oh, yeah, view. It's not new. No, of course it's not new. It's 33 years old. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I don't, I don't, I'm not used to 18 plate. I saw a 68 plate car the other day, and I was like, wow, that's like. September yeah. brand spanking. Yeah, new. this is 68 plate, 6 series. 6 series. What is it, 640D? Uh, yeah, 640D. They do a lesson, like a 625? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, it's but, yeah, it's a 640D, and obviously he just wants a new car detail. And yeah. Um, yeah, he literally, I'm not even joking, he knew about me, like I was in contact with him. I think he's just someone that I saw at a petrol station. Yeah. Like, I'm not even joking, like, a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah, people remember. And he's gone on the name. Yeah. So if you, if you, re-brand, like, if you rebranded So if I had rebranded, he, I don't, I don't think he... You could have him, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he would have been able to find me. I just realised I still wearing my gloves. Um, so... <laughs> I think we're going to... You're in my corner office, it's like 57 mark, yeah, so... I mean, we so round, round it to an hour, round it to an hour. We've got three, two, two, two minutes, 60 seconds. We don't have to round it up. Well, you could do. We're going to ramble anyway, it makes it easier. But yeah, so yeah, that I could have risked losing it. That is the risk. But then there also, risk, yeah. when you rebrand, you have an excuse to just like plow social media of like everything. Yeah, you can really people were more it. like interested. Like, oh, there's a new yeah. place setting up. Blah, yeah, blah. yeah, I was surprised the amount of people like, when I moved here. I did like a big promotion thing on Facebook, and a lot of people were like, oh yeah, I've seen you. Yeah, you ramp up with like the car on the ramp and that. I'm like, yeah, that's me. But then yeah. never get anything from it. <laughs> just oh, like, shut up. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, he is. Feeling sorry for himself now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no. Well, I think... Well, we'll call it there then. Yep. But it's been a good opening vlog. Yeah. Vlog. Not vlog. Oh, here we go. Vlog boy. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. But yeah, so... The introduction to who we are. Yeah, I think that gives people a good sort of idea. If you want to um, go and check out our social media, um, mine is LD underscore detailing. On Instagram and Facebook is just LD Luxury Detail and Josh. You've got to be so awkward with the LD underscore as well. Uh, make well, so that's awkward. the only. It was a I tag. Social that. media tag. My What's your ins- social media okay, tag? Okay, my oh, Instagram, my Instagram is JJ Detailing underscore. Oh, here he is. <laughs> but if you search, if you search, think, if you just search JJ Detailing, I do pop up. Pretty, pretty sure I pop up. Yeah. There is a guy called JJ Detailing in like. Yeah, no, there is actually because I remember when I searched it on uh, the just Google and yeah, some American guy pops up. (laughs) I'm like, brilliant, that's good. (laughs) But um, yeah, and then Facebook is I'm pretty sure it's the exact same. It's JJ Detailing, and then YouTube is JJ 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 Detailing. Can't talk. Been an hour. Cool.
Goodbye, guys. Thank you.